Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. This is Way of Grace with our teacher and pastor, Jessica Stan, online at grace-bible.com. Hi there, and welcome to our time together today. We are back in Hebrews chapter 11, message called, And God Took Him, part of our series simply entitled, Arise, Move, and Go. We're in Hebrews 11, that great hall of faith, looking at Enoch. The ultimate benefit of being in Christ, as we'll see today, is the promise of fellowship with God, not just at some point in the future, but now. We invite you to join us for an encouraging look at Enoch and how this relates to our understanding of end times prophecy. Here's our teacher and pastor, Pastor Jesse Gastan, and today's broadcast of Way of Grace. So listen to what Peter says in verse 3. Because I want to get to verse four. You and I, if we're newborn babes or if we're babes in Christ, and I must assert that I don't care how old you are in Christ, you're still a baby in Christ. And you should still have a level of hunger for God that does not cause people to question whether or not you even know him. And the Bible tells us, if so be that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Do you see that? The word gracious and good are synonyms here. He's good fruit. He's fruit that actually satisfies the soul. It's not HMO. It's not genetically modified. It's not altered. This is the real thing. It's more than organic. It's super organic. And not only is it good to the taste, but it heals my soul as well. That's the food which God gave us from heaven in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he'll make you healthy again. When you get a right diet, it changes your actions. When you get a right diet, it changes your decisions. When you get a right diet, it changes the way you act. And then people know that you got a secret lover. That's not so secret no more. Am I making some sense? And it was supposed to be every time there's a public gathering like this one, supposed to be hundreds of people that reveal the secret. I'm going and gathering in the synagogue, in the ecclesia with the saints to let the world and angels and devils know I'm in love with Jesus. Or else it's not worship. You can sit here with all kinds of intellectual curiosities and not be worshiping God. You and the devil will end up in hell because you're here out of an intellectual pursuit or some other interest other than an allegiance to the one who revealed himself as the savior of your soul. And there's a big difference, isn't it? Like when you're really worshiping God, time doesn't matter. 
Am I telling the truth? Because what happens is heaven opens a portal and begins to encompass your consciousness and arrest this drudgery called time because God wants to pour into you the reality of who he is when we come to him and worship. The best place a soul can be is prostrate before the true and the living God. This is why Peter and John and James on the Mount of Transfiguration said, we don't want to go from here. Did y'all hear what I just stated? The father opened the heavens and said, this is my son. They met Moses and Elijah. I'm about to talk about that. And then Jesus said, we got to head back down the hill. Peter said, no, I don't want to go. This is how I know the difference between a person who worships God and a person who doesn't. This is how I know the difference. Because if God is present, I don't want to go until God says it's time to go. There is nothing in the universe more important than being in the presence of God. Verse four, here it is. Verse four. Ye also as lively stones, I'm sorry, there it is. To whom what? I ain't going to do anything else with that verse, but show you there to whom coming. See it? To whom coming? To whom coming? Do y'all see that first clause? That's in the present verb form. We are constantly coming to him. Constantly coming. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's look at it. Hebrews chapter 10. We want to deal with this one because we're dealing with the subject of coming to him. Hebrews 10 verse 19. Notice what it says. Hebrews 10, 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the what? So what the Hebrew writer is doing is transitioning from the Old Testament metaphor and analogy of blood sacrifices by a high priest who went into the Holy of Holies, Yom Kippur, as a representative of the people. And you and I get to come into the holiest of of all holiness because of the blood of Christ. We're still talking worship, aren't we? Look at verse 20. And having a high priest over the house of God. Verse 22, by a new and living way, uh, let us uh, draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled with an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. What is the Hebrew writer saying? Come to Jesus because he's the mediator and come with your hearts washed, sprinkled with the blood of the lamb. In other words, these are the qualifications for drawing near to God, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Am I making some sense? So your conscience is aware that Christ died for your sins. And the Holy Ghost lets you know he sprinkles your heart clean as you draw near to God because God will only have us in his presence clean. And you and I are clean when we confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You come to him on the grounds of who he is for you. I love this. Let me move on. Point, sub point B. So we're coming to God by faith and we are believing that he what? Y'all see that? He that comes unto God must believe that he what? He that comes unto God must. 
believe that he is. We've heard this so many times, have we not? Now, this comes out of the Torah. It comes out of the Exodus account. This comes out of the request that Moses made when he met God at the burning bush. And he says, now, when I go to Pharaoh, who do I tell Pharaoh that you are? Exodus 3.14. And when you go to Pharaoh, tell Pharaoh that I am, that I am, has sent you. You guys got that? So like, y'all don't know what that means. Y'all been listening to it at church all your life. You don't know what that means. It's a nice, it's a nice colloquialism. Tell the truth, just be honest. You can be honest with them and help you today. That, listen to the proposition I am that I am. It's almost a, what we call a tautological statement. It does not explain anything. So you just, you know, this is the other reason why folk don't really particularly come to church because they hear Christian folks parroting scripture without understanding what it means and they'll do it lawfully and boldly and, and celebratorily, but they still don't know what it means. Like I would be saying to Moses, I, I would be saying to God if I was Moses, Lord, would you please explain yourself? You want me to go to the greatest king on earth and tell him I am that I am sent me. Pharaoh going to think I was out on the backside of a mountain eating mushrooms. <laughs> right? Can we keep it real? Right. So Christians, you and I are not to be ignorant. This tetragrammaton, this is a theological term for the way that it was translated in English in relationship to the attribute of God, which is hard to comprehend. It's an incommunicable attribute. I would put it this way, and then I'm going to just share a verse with you that underscores it. It's an advertisement on God's part that would say, for the people that know me, I am going to always be what they need me to be anytime they need me to be it. For the people that know me, I am going to be what they need me to be every time they need me. I am that I am in its technical verbal form is I am going to be who I am going to be whenever I show up. What that means is because God has various attributes and offices, he will come to us in the various offices and attributes according to our need. Frequently, the way we put it is that when God is called upon by us, when we're in need, we call him Jehovah Jireh. When God is called upon because we are fearful and afraid, we will call him Jehovah Shema, the God that is near. Okay, we will call him El Shaddai when we need him to protect us. We will call him El Elyon when we need to be reminded that God is the most high God and there's no God like him. And we can go on and on and on with the qualities of God that takes on nomenclature. And all it means is the God who has called us to himself is always there for us to meet us adequately in every need that we have. I am to be who I am to be no matter what the circumstances. Did I help you a little bit? I'm going to show you one verse and I'm not even really penetrating into the proposition, 
But this is the God we are coming to. This is the God we are coming to. We are coming to a God, according to Psalm 46, 1, who is a very present help in time of what? Did that make sense? Notice what he says, y'all. Notice what he says. He says in Psalm 46, 1, God is our what? He's our refuge and strength and what? Very present. I want to talk about those two words for a moment. Very present. Another verse we quote, but I don't think we get it. That little adverb there, very, means abundant. When God shows up to meet you in your need, God is not stingy. His resources are so broad and so plentiful. That's what the word very means. He is a very, that means when he shows up, he shows up with 15, 16 truck loads of benefits and blessings to meet you in your need. So when he shows up with all his posse, you're not even worried about whether or not God can meet that need. Your job is to choose which truck you're going to go to, open up the back, and let the blessings of the Lord pour in to meet your needs. He daily loads us with benefits. Did anybody hear what I just said? Did you hear what I just said? The way God is with his people, when he shows up, he will never shortchange you. You will never have an awareness of God as being something where he shows up, but you got to help him. You know how you got friends like that? I'm coming, man, but do you got $20? I need $20 when I show up. That's a lot of people are like that. God's not like that. I wish you could get what I'm saying. I wish you could get what I'm saying. This is what he told Abraham in Genesis 15, 1, after Abraham had gone through quite a bit of trouble and he still hadn't had a son. He had to deal with that foolishness with his nephew Lot. Y'all remember that? God calls him in Genesis 12. By the time we get to Genesis 15, Abraham has had to divide relationships with Lot and then go deliver the boy out of Sodom because there was war there. Y'all remember that? Abraham now is known all over the Middle East, but he's known notoriously. Are y'all keeping up with me? Please listen. When you are known to know God and love God in a world that does not know God or love God, you are notorious. You're not famous. You're infamous. What that means is you got a target on your back. Can I keep talking? What that means is the more you and I are compelled to exercise allegiance to Jesus, the more the world will erect mechanisms to take you down. This is why God in his love for Abraham came to Abraham. See, Abraham is a little older now. You get a little older, you get a little tired. So you notice God is the one that came to Abraham. Is that right? And the word of the Lord, that means Jesus. And the word of the Lord, that means Jesus. The invisible 
God sending the visible God in the person of the Lord Jesus. Jesus shows up and here's what he says to Abraham. And remember, Jesus told the rulers, Abraham saw my day and what? Rejoiced. The Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying what? Don't fear. You see how much he cares for us? Like a good shepherd. I am your shield. This is what we mean by very present help. So when God says he's our shield, it's because he views us as precious and he occupies the position of the secret service. His job is to flank us. Somebody will get it in a minute. His job is to flank us, to make sure we don't perish, to make sure we don't get distracted, to make sure we don't get knocked off the course permanently. I'm your shield and I'm your exceeding great reward. This is what is meant when the Hebrew writer says you can't come to God not believing him because God demands you to believe him every day of your life. Every situation, every trial, every circumstance, every event, every difficulty because he will meet you there. See what I'm getting at now? Y'all keeping up? All right, so very important to get this. I am your shield and exceeding great reward. I can tell you Enoch knew that. So point C. So believing that he is, is a continuum that pleases God. When you and I wake up every day and just, all right, Lord, I'm trusting you. God says, good, that's why I saved you. I'm trusting you. So point C. We then find him to be what? Do you find God to be faithful? All right, don't get in no trouble. We don't want the ground opening up on you right now and swallowing you up and you going to hell. I want us to work it through for a moment before we go to point two. Do you really find God to be faithful? Or is he a liar to you? Is he late? Is he negligent? Well, how come you complain so much? How come you complain so much? When God's been so good to you, blessed you with so many things, so many resources, and he's actually kept back from allowing you to be harmed more than you could. I find him to be faithful to his promises. Won't no creature of God stand before God on the last day and say, God, I called on you and you didn't meet my need. Now stop, because you ought to know that particular proposition takes on real challenges for people that are self-centered. Oh yeah, Lord faithful, Lord good, you're lying. That's not how you talk. When things don't go your way, that's not how you talk. That's not how you act. Now he is faithful, he is good. He does keep his promises. But he doesn't bow to you. You can't turn him into a pretzel. You can't turn him into your slave. He's not your bellhop. You're not going to ring the bell and God just, oh, that baby called me. No, you're not going to do that with God. God's going to be God. He's going to stay on his throne 
And every time he engages you, it's to change your nature, not his. See, this is what is meant by Enoch walking with God. Enoch, go, go back to Genesis 5.22. I got 25 minutes with you. I want you to, I need to pick up on this next point and then we're going to drill down into what it means to be taken. And all I'm going to do is touch on it. So when, here's when the text says, now Enoch walked with God after he had begotten Methuselah 300 years and begot sons and daughters, verse 23. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Don't move. I'm talking to my girl up there because she, 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 she. So now when we go to war with people, I want you to pull your pistols out because you're shooting real good right now. Just don't shoot me. I, I need people on my team that know how to shoot. I'm talking spiritually. Right? Do y'all keeping up with me? I'm talking spiritually. Some people getting scared. All pastors starting a war. The war already been started. The war has already been started. Listen carefully to what's going on in the text. All the days of Enoch were 365 years. Do you know from Adam to Noah, Enoch was the youngest one out of all the patriarchs. Do you know that? He's the youngest. I told you the average ages of those 10 was 900 years. When you do the numbers, most of them were in the 900s, some were in the 800s, one or two in the 700s. Aggregately, they're about 900 years. This brother only 365 years. He was a baby. Did that make some sense? No, there's a theological implication there. There's a theological implication there. Enoch represents all believers who are like babes. For such is the kingdom of heaven except you receive the kingdom of heaven like a little child, you will not enter therein. That's one. The other thing is, this young man had the man who was the oldest out of that whole lineage, Methuselah. That paradox is a beautiful truth because Methuselah is almost a millennium year old. That's a thousand years And a thousand years speaks to us about millennial realities, does it not? The millennium or what we call the kilia. And yet his daddy is the one who is only living 365 years. That's a one year symbolism. The Old Testament is clear that a day is a year and a year is a day on a prophetic calendar. So uh, Enoch lives one year and his son lives almost a total millennium. Now, his son, Methuselah, is the byproduct of faithful Enoch. Let every seed-bearing herb bring forth fruit of its own kind. I'm drilling down into some of this because I'm going to talk about it a little bit later. Enoch walks with God. Verse 24, Genesis 5, 24. Enoch walks with God and he was what? For God took him. I want you to think about this. He's walking with God and all of a sudden he's gone. Now, when the phrase says he was not, what's being implied according to the Hebrew writer in Hebrews 11, verse six, go back there. Verse five, when Enoch disappeared, people went looking for him. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see what? 
that he should not see what? So he did not what? That is part of the ultimate promise in the eschaton when Jesus comes, right? We shall not all die, but we shall all be what? Changed in a moment. Well, you are listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Closing out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know how the program encourages you in your walk with Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests are always welcome. You can either write to us, give us a call, or stop by our website and drop us an email. Now, the best place to go, of course, is the website. Not only will you be able to write to us via email, you'll be able to get more information about who we are, what we believe, worship times, how to get here. Grace-Bible.com is our website. Again, that's Grace-Bible.com. If you wish to give us a call, the number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, our address is 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street, here in Hayward, the zip code 94541. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. One final note as we close out our time today, this program is listener-supported. If you wish to partner with us, we would be more than grateful. This broadcast airs throughout the Bay Area, as well as online, impacting thousands for the sake of Christ. And that is our hope and our goal. If you'd like to partner with us along those lines, feel free to write or give us a call. No gift is too large, no gift too small, whether a one-time gift or a monthly support. You're more than welcome to reach out. We would love to partner with you as we minister the gospel of Jesus to the Bay Area and the World Wide Web. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace.